Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com, and I am really excited about today's episode because today I have a podcast listener on the show sharing her incredible story. Her name is Adeola Omole, and she's a podcast listener out of Canada, and she's a lawyer and wealth coach who has made it her life's mission to help educate women about personal finance matters related to money management, investing strategies, and debt management options. And Adela and her husband paid off $390,000 in debt, including their student loans, car loans, a line of credit, credit cards, and their mortgage. And now they have seven figures in assets. They are millionaires. And so she got to a point where she decided that she had had enough of living on the edge of financial ruin and she made a plan to pay off her debt. However, unfortunately, when she made this big decision, she lost her job and she was unemployed for 18 months and her husband's income at the time was only $30,000. But despite this challenge, they got aggressive with their debt by selling things they didn't need and finding ways to increase their income. They eventually got to the point where they paid off their debt, including their mortgage, while only earning $70,000 between the two of them. And then they transitioned everything they had learned from paying off their debt and improving their finances to building a million dollar empire. And so in this episode, Adela shares what it was like going through the motions of paying off her consumer debt in three years and then her mortgage over 12 years and what her and her husband did to build their million dollar empire, including advice she would give to her younger self. This was a great episode. You can hear the excitement in my voice when I'm talking to Adela and it's definitely one you want to listen to and share with your friends. But before we dive into this episode, if you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Click subscribe on the podcast right now. And you can subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. And you can also listen to episodes and, and subscribe as well on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And if you love what you're listening to, be sure to rate and review this podcast on iTunes so that other women just like you can find the podcast as well. And finally, stop by clevergirlfinance.com. There's a ton of new content on the blog every single week. And also when you subscribe to the website, you will get access to our epic, epic resource library. So stop by clevergirlfinance.com. And now let's get into this awesome episode with Adiola. Hi, Adiola. Well, hi, Bala. <laughs> Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited as well to have you on here talking about your amazing money story. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to share. <laughs> so to jump right in, I'd love for you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Well, absolutely. So um, my name's Adiala and I'm a lawyer by, by training, but I'm a wealth coach now by choice. And I have to go through a whole bunch of crazy things in my life to get to this place. But uh, I just have a passion for all things related to helping people with finances and, um, and investing and getting out of debt. And I went through my own a bit of a debt hell. <laughs> I got out of that and I, and I, I was able to pay off over $390,000 of debt. And now I'm on a mission to make sure that everyone else out there can just crush their debt and, and build wealth and just live the life that they were meant to be living. So $390,000, that is incredible. And we're going to get into exactly what you did and how you did it and all that other good stuff. And I know that included consumer debt, your student loans, car loans, your credit cards, and your mortgage, right? 
It sure did. It included every single kind of debt you can think of. It included it. <laughs> <laughs> and just so that, you know, the, the listeners know you're officially debt free. So you're, you're really going to be sharing what you did. Awesome. So, you know, let's go way back. Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> and what was your relationship or exposure to money growing up as a child? Basically, how did you get to the point where, based on your upbringing around money, that you were $390,000 in debt? Oh, that's a great question. So I, I'm going to say growing up, I grew up in a family of, there were six kids and my parents were uh, immigrants. They moved to Canada, you know, years ago and they, they wanted to move here for a better life for their kids. So they worked, both of them worked all the time. So my mom would work during the days, my dad would work in the evenings and they, they were always working. And I noticed that as a child and they were always stretching every dollar. But of course, with six kids, there's a whole lot of responsibility there that we didn't have a lot, but they always taught us, you know, what you have, you make the best of, but I always saw them struggle. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was the norm. Hey, you know what? Bills, that's normal. Credit debt, that's normal. I saw it all the time. And I kind of took that upon myself as just a normal way of life. So as an adult, well, you go to school, you get student loans, you know, you, you want something, you want a car, you go get a loan, you get you, whatever you want, you get a loan for. That's just the way I was raised. And that's all I knew. So unfortunately, I found myself in a very hard predicament where I had a ton of debt and uh, was in a situation where I needed to get out fast. Wow. Wow. And so you got to this point where you're kind of looking at your credit card debt, your student loans, your mortgage, fast forward several years. Um, what was your enough is enough moment? What was the thing that compelled you to take action on your debt? Why did you want to become debt free? Well, I was forced into it because what happened is I, I got called to the bar. This was way back when 2001, I got called to the bar and I was so excited. I was about to start my, my profession and I was about to become a junior lawyer after doing my 12 months of articles. And for those who don't know what articles are, it's just something you have to do as a lawyer in Canada where you have 12 months of training before you get your license to practice. So I did my articles. I was about to get called to the bar and then I lost my job. And I was stressed because at this point, my husband and I, we were literally mired in debt. We needed both of our income just to sustain us. So mm -hmm. here I am without a job. He was making 30000 at the time, which was not even close to being enough in terms of paying the bills. And so I knew I needed to do something drastic. So that was my aha moment. And actually, my aha moment came when I called my credit card company, my visa company, in, out of an act of desperation and asked them to increase my credit limit because we were literally living hand to mouth. Like we didn't have anything that make, we had overdrawn by like $375 or so. So long story short, I called them up and I asked them for the increase and they said no. And that was the light bulb that switched. And I said, no, never again. I will not rely on a credit card company, on an employer, on anyone to get me out of this mess. I'm getting myself out. Wow. Wow. And so you, you, I wanted you to break down the debt that you had. So we talk, talk about it being a total of 390,000, but what were the breakouts? Okay. That's a great question. Breakdown of the debt. Okay. I'm going to go down the list. I had, um, so my mortgage at the time, uh, let me just fast forward here. My mortgage was about 320,000. So that was the biggest portion of it. Mm -hmm. I had student loan debt, um, I'm trying to think the amount. It was well, no, I'm going to say seventeen thousand because there's a with the student loans in Canada. There's like part A, part B. So you have to actually combine them to get the total. Mm -hmm. I had my credit lines. I had another student line 
with the major bank here, about $5,000 credit line. I had a car, two car loans at the time. Can't remember the exact amount, but anyways, two car loans. I had Visa, MasterCard. I, actually, I knew all of the companies. Visa, MasterCard. <laughs> I was their best friend. <laughs> I probably had three MasterCards. I had an MDNA card. I had a Citibank card. And then there's another one. There was uh, the Capital One card at the time. So you name it, while well, I had it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had as much debt as no one should have that kind of debt. So about $71,000 consumer side and then about $320,000 on the mortgage side. Wow. And you know, one of the, when I put out stories like this, when I talk to women like you who have paid off huge amounts of debt like this, because there's a number of stories on the podcast and also on the website, the number one question these women get, or the number one assumption these women get, or even I get about their stories is that, well, they had to have been making, you know, the same amount of money to be able to pay off that debt. So if you don't mind, I'd love for you to share what your income was while you were paying off the debt and how long it took you to pay off that 390000 That is such an important question. So when I started this whole process, my income was zero. My husband's income was 30000 a year. And just to put it in perspective, we, we needed, I, at the time when I lost my job, this is again, 2001, I was making 40000 a year. So I started wow. out making okay. zero and we needed the entire 70000 between the two of us just to sustain us because we were... We were literally live like we were living so close to the to the borderline, so to speak. Um, so I started out not making anything. So for 18 months, I was unemployed, and um, I was on a mission. And that mission was sell everything I could sell, streamline everything I could streamline. I literally sold one of our vehicles. Uh, we had equity in it. I sold it, and I used some of that money. I think it was two or three thousand dollars or so to pay down the debt. I would sell clothes and I had a shoe problem. I owned over a hundred pairs of shoes. Wow. So I actually <laughs> took a Simon shop and uh, I made about 200 bucks there. So I put that $200. So everything I could sell, everything I could slash in terms of prices, I would like we were, we were spending $25 a week on groceries. That's how tight it was. Wow. So let's just, I just want to restate what you stated. <laughs> Because you said that you, <laughs> and it sounds funny now, right? <laughs> I can laugh now. I, was I really was crying back then. But you said that you were out of a job for 18 months. And during that 18 months, you still were trying to figure your life out to get yourself out of this debt. And that's something that I think is, is something that, just has to be recognized. And for the ladies who are listening, if you're trying to pay off massive amounts of debt, the fact that you were out of job for 18 months and you didn't let that be the reason why you did not take action, that's like the whole, that's a key. That's like a major factor here because you understood what your why was and you got to the point where you're like, I'm sick of this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of debt. So selling your shoes, selling your car, <laughs> spending $25 a week on groceries. We can laugh about this stuff now, mm -hmm. but that was you in hustle, like serious. I got to get the heck out of this debt mode. And I feel like when people are thinking about paying off debt and they're coming up with different reasons as to, oh, why, why I can't do it, why I can't do it, why it's not going to work. I think that's not enough. I think you have to, if you're really serious about getting out of debt, you have to dig deep and understand 
and truly want your why and then go out and pursue it. And if that means selling your shoes or selling your clothes, which is what you did, then that's what I you're going to have to do. I love my shoes, by the way, Ball. I loved my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I and- love them enough to be in debt. Exactly. You had a bigger why. We're going to talk about the other side of this dead story that you're sharing with us. But like, I just think that is such a key part of your story. The fact that you didn't have that job for 18 months, but this, that was not like an excuse for you not to get started on this journey to paying off your debt. So if there's one thing you take away from that pot from this podcast, it should be that ladies. (laughs) So let's keep going in this story. Right. So you talked about, you know, specific things you did, cutting back on that grocery bill, um, which I've been there, done that. <laughs> when I was trying to save money, I was like on a steady Coke and ramen noodles. <laughs> Cheapest, cheap. Even Coke was expensive. <laughs> you were really solid because I wasn't drinking that. <laughs> I was, it was water and we would do lemonade. Like this dollar lemonade. The powdered one. <laughs> <laughs> we actually went frozen, but I, I like that one too. <laughs> so you sold clothes, you sold shoes. you So you eventually did find a job, right? I did. So 18 months later, I was so grateful. I found a job. So I was pumped. I thought, yes, finally, we can, we, we, we can have two incomes again. But guess what we did? When I, when we found the, or when I found the job, I decided we're going to continue to live on one income. And I, I think my starting salary at that job was either it was either thirty nine or forty. Anyways, it was similar around forty thousand ish, and we decided to live on the one income which was my husband's and bank my income. Very smart approach. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> we had been doing it for so long, so it became commonplace. It was just a habit at that point. So I realized why you're used to it. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not let's not change this up. So then how long did it take you to get to the point where you had paid off that $70,000 in consumer debt, given the fact that you guys are making about $70,000 jointly? Exactly. So it took us just under three years. Wow. Yeah, just shy of three years. After that was done, I knew that this isn't it. We just started. This, This was part A, now we're on part B. And part B was, okay, now that we've paid this all off and I've been, you know, we were making about $2,800 payments every month. I said, we're not stopping. I said, we're going to continue to pay that 2800 but it now goes to us. And it's now the wealth creation side. Instead of paying it towards debt, now we pay it to us. So we just kept doing that. And then just obviously that ha- when you keep doing that for every single month, you, you're you accumulating wealth at a pace yep. that you never realized. Very quickly, very quickly. Yes, exactly. And so then you guys focused on paying off your mortgage, right? Exactly. That was the next big one. And so the mortgage payoff was, it wasn't as fast because it took 12 years, but it was, it was still worth it. Cause our, in, in our mortgage, with our mortgage terms, we had a 25 year mortgage, mm-hmm. which is how long it would have taken us to pay it off. If we just listened to the bank, but we decided not to. So we started just doing extra payments here and there. And we, we instead of paying our credit cards and all that other stuff, we were just start paying the mortgage off. For you know, extra payments, you know, lump sum here, and then they had double up payments. The type of mortgage we had was great because they had two or three different types of extra payments that you can do without getting penalties. So it was, it worked really well. I mean, I would say twelve years to pay off a twenty-five year mortgage is fast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am hard on myself. I'm like, you know what? We could have done it faster, but we ended up living life, and what you have to do. If there's one message that I want to relay as well, it's Get serious, crush the debt, but also make sure when you have the money to set some money aside for fun. 
Yes, absolutely. I think it's, you know, as you go through the motions of paying off your debt, have a tiny little splurge account. If it's like $10 or $50 or something that you use to get your nails done or to go to the movies with a friend once a month or with your boyfriend, husband, whatever. Because when you're in the motions, you know, and that's leading into my next question, when you're in the motions of paying off your debt, you have to find ways to stay motivated because... And even on the flip side of saving money, because there's going to be times where you're just like, I can't do this. I want to live life now. I want that dress. I want that handbag. I want that trip. I want that new car. You have to find ways to just kind of keep you level-headed and you might not be able to get everything that you want, but you can still appease yourself in tiny little ways. And so (laughs) for you, what exactly did you do to stay motivated? Because you started the journey paying off that 70K and three years, and then you went into another 12 years of attacking your mortgage. That's a long time. Well, well, when you think about the journey. (laughs) It is indeed. No, it really is. And I, how did I stay motivated? You know what I ended up doing? I kept my statements and that sounds crazy, but I still have my statements from when I got in debt. So I've got these old statements that I've preserved and I would always go back and revisit them. And that was a reminder of where I was and where I was never going back to. So anytime I got down and out, I'd be like, okay, I'm going back to those statements. I'm seeing where I was. And you're saying how, how to stay motivated or how did I, uh, just so I understand the question, how did I stay motivated through the journey? Yes. Just go back to where I started, see where I was at that point in the journey. And just, that would just keep me fired up. And I'd be like, I'm not going back there. I'm going forward. So I would be revved up with that. And I also did something that I, I actually wrote a book about this. I, I can't keep this to my chest. I have to share it with the world. I, I wrote a book to talk about the debt journey and how others can get out of debt and how they can build wealth. But one of the things that I, I really, really, really push hard on is something I call the motivation statement. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's just write down your big why, write it down in a piece of paper and stick it everywhere in your home. So whenever you're walking around, you keep reading it and it's etched in your brain and you just, it, it, it keeps you going on those days where you just want to say enough. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. The the motivation statement. I mean, I have all kinds of motivators all over my wall (laughs) in the office because my 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 desk faces the wall and just all the things that I want to accomplish. I have them like staring at me in the face every time I look up, as opposed to looking out of the window. I'm looking at the wall. (laughs) I love it. Doesn't that? It works. It really does. It's almost like my kind of, um, I guess, text vision board. Ooh, I like that. Te- right. Everyone does a vision board, text vision board. I like that. Because, yeah, I mean, to me, there's no point to a vision board if you're not going to actively look at it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I have something else I do is I have a folder on my phone. And on my phone, I use my notes application a lot. I use it for a lot of things. I'm in that thing multiple times a day. And so in that notes application, I just have images of things that I want to accomplish. And I also keep a list of things I have accomplished because like you said, sometimes when you're going through the motions of something, you're like, oh, this is, and and you're going through it. You may not realize the extent to which or how big your accomplishments are until you take a step back and actually revisit them. And many times if you're not tracking them, then you don't remember to revisit them. So I keep a a list of all the things that I accomplished with my finances, with just life in general. And I revisit them when I'm having, you know, whenever I'm in my notes app and I see it, or I'm having one of those days, I'm like, oh my God, I I haven't done anything with my life. (laughs) And then you refresh your memory. You're like, oh no, actually. Wait, girl, you've done something with your life. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to celebrate, right? 
Absolutely. You have to celebrate every win, even if it's saving $5, even if it's putting $5 on your credit card, you have to celebrate because it's progress and progress is progress is progress. Yep. And they're all to be celebrated. I love that. So what advice would you give your younger self about money? Ooh, what advice? Okay. My younger self, I I was just... Before you took on that 70K of Wow. everything because the mortgage you okay that's one thing you took on but you know you've paid it off now and that's that's kind of like you have the asset that you live in but with the other stuff that's kind of like gone okay I would tell myself things don't define you um collecting all those nice shoes it doesn't mean a thing because at the end of the day if you have nice shoes but you have no money in your bank you really are in trouble and those shoes can't define you but what can define your choices in life and the only way you're going to have choices if you're not encumbered by debt and you're not being weighed by some you know, liability that you owe to some person down the street or some bank. So don't, don't, get, don't get bogged down with things, but lighten your load. Be debt-free so that you can actually start making choices and do things in life that are actually going to serve you, serve the world, and, and, and let you live your life's purpose. So I, I kind of give her that advice and tell her this debt thing isn't just working, so get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of the advice I, w- I would give for anyone out there, for my younger self and for un- any folks out there who who are, are mired in it. And in fact, I, I give one other piece of advice. When I was really down and out, I, I all I was thinking about was the debt. But I would, I would tell myself, stop thinking about the debt and start thinking about what you want outside of the debt. Because if I start thinking of what I want outside of the debt, then I would be able to get out of that debt without the extra burden that I put on myself. That's very true. <laughs> that's very true and that's really important advice you know sometimes I mean I always say people have to go through something to realize the lesson you have to realize the lesson but then now that you've given that advice to your younger self somebody who's listening can now take it and try to avoid some of the mistakes that you made right exactly that's what I hope that can come of this as well that if uh, there are women out there who are currently going through their struggles and they're making the mistakes and or they haven't made the mistakes yet and they hear my story, they can say, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid that one step because of what she, you know, what she went through. Absolutely. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Let's shift gears a little bit because now (laughs) you have, you have a net worth of over seven figures, right? So you went from six figures in debt to Mm -hmm. seven figures in assets. And I would love for you to tell everyone What does that consist of? And most importantly, how does it feel? Okay. How does it feel? I'm going to start with how does it feel? Because right now I've still, there are still moments where I pinch myself because I can't believe where I was and where I am. And so I still have to refresh my brain and say, okay, yeah, you're still on the journey. You have, you're not, you're not done. You've got work to be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, My work won't stop. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm on a mission. Like I'm thinking this, this feeling has to be shared with the world. Others have to feel this feeling. Okay. That's, that's kind of how I feel. I feel fabulous, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent content because I want others to feel fabulous too. So that's the side of the, how do I feel? But in terms of what I've accumulated, uh, I was fortunate enough. Well, after we got out of debt to tell my husband and to sit him down and say, okay, we can't stop our journey here. We really need to continue. And I have an amazing spouse. He's an amazing man and he's so supportive and he was on board when I asked him to continue the journey with me after we paid off our debt, our first tranche of debt. And mm-hmm. he agreed. He's like, yes, most people 
not it's not easy to say yes to not having twenty eight hundred dollars in your bank every month. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not seeing that money, not enjoying it, not going to travel. And he said yes. So as a result, we started squirreling our money away and we bought rental properties. So part of my net worth grew substantially because I bought two rental properties that were cash flow positive. And then we're also fortunate because I'm passionate about investing. Like I've become, I think over the past 15, 16 years, a really avid investor in the stock markets. So I took an interest in that. I do really well at it and I've made money in that regard. So I have a good investment portfolio. We ended up selling our real estate properties. So part of the proceeds of that sale went to pay off the mortgage finally, but we were mm-hmm. also plowing money into, it was basically real estate and working simply investing and investing in the markets. Those are my two niches, my two money makers, so to speak. And so we have lots of accounts with lots of money in it as a result. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And the ways that you build wealth, which I talk about all the time, there's three key ways, right? It's through small business, it's through investing in stock market, or it's through investing in real estate, which is pretty much what you've done. You've picked all the three. last... Yeah, exactly. And so, oh my God, I just love it. (laughs) I love it so much because this is, you know, like a lot of people can't see past their debt, right? They can't see, you had $390,000 in debt, I even feel stressed when you say that. Every time I hear that 390, my heart just kind of beats a little faster. (laughs) And at the time you probably thought that, oh, I can never pay this off or it's not possible. And I only make 40,000. My husband only makes 30,000, but you did it. And then not only that, you didn't stop. And I think when it comes to your financial goals, like you don't just stop. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't save a hundred thousand dollars and stop. I think I got sidetracked a little bit where I was still saving, but I wasn't saving as much because I got caught up in some other financial mistakes, like buying handbags. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But once I got over myself and I was like, you know what? Okay. This handbag money is going right back into my investment account. You know, I kept going. You don't stop. I am not stopping now. Yes, and you that's keep the whole going. Thing. Thank you. There is no one point where you say, I have made it and that's it. No, no, no. You, as you said, you keep going. And that's, I think that's, that. maybe that's the takeaway of this whole session. Keep going. So Adela, you got money now. I do. <laughs> I do. That's amazing. And for someone who's listening to this and is just like, oh my God, I have these student loans. I have this credit card. I'm not making as much money. I can never get out of this. What do I do? How do I do it? What would you, I want you to talk to that person and tell them what they can do, what they should be doing, how they can get from where you were to where you are now. All right. I'm actually envisioning her right now. I'm here. I'm just here to tell you, first and foremost, change your speech, change the way you talk to yourself, change what you think is possible. Don't, don't think about the end result. Think of where you are right here, right now, what you deserve. And let me tell you something. You deserve to be debt-free. So start taking the actions. Don't think of the end result because it's overwhelming. If you think, oh, well, how am I going to get from here to there? No, no, no. Start where you're at right now and start taking action. It's all about actioning. I know there's a lot of people who say, you know, you have to think about your intentions and you have to do, no, take action. So the first course of action, no more debt. Just commit to from today onwards, not to accumulate 
any new forms of debt. No more drawing into your line of credit, no more dipping into a, you know, um, I, I think that's like, what do you call these things? When you're overdraft protection, that's it. No more dipping into an overdraft protection, no more reaching for a credit card, because you know, you're just gonna put $10, and it's not that bad. Just commit no more debt. And then from there, start a plan, put a plan together. I don't care what debt management plan you choose, choose any, but choose one. And then every single day, as you write your motivation statement, you stick it on your wall, you're reading it over and over, remind yourself of why you're worth it. Mm-hmm. And all of this debt that's holding you down, burdening you down, it's not serving you. And it's not allowing you to serve the world. Because I tell you, when you don't have debt, you start realizing there's talents that you've been hiding that you need to share with the world. And guess what? When you have money, you can start doing that. So I would tell her, don't give up. I started off with a negative net worth, uh, literally unemployed, 18 months, not knowing where I was going to turn. And then, boom, you know, a few, many years later, I here I am with a mission to help others. And they can be in the same position in, in, in no time flat as well. I love it. And the truth of the matter is that whether you do or you don't, the time goes by anyway, right? So we could be 12 years Fast forward 12 years and be here right now. Um, you could still be telling yourself, oh my God, that 390000 how am I going to pay it off? I can't do it. Oh my God, oh my God. And then add on interest. You probably owe about 600000 right now. <laughs> the truth. And then you're like, oh my God, woe is me. You know, I don't make six figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you don't want to be there. Mm. So take action. Take action today. Simple, me- simple message, but just, and, and also, oh, another thing. For that woman out there who's struggling and doesn't know where to turn and man too. So we're, we're not going to leave you guys out, but the women out there who are really focused on how am I going to get out of there? Think about this. You guys, don't you think you deserve it? Like, don't you see, you see all these awesome people out there doing their thing, rocking it, you know, making money. Don't you deserve that? And if you get to the answer of yes, then go out there and claim it. Go get it because you've got your peace just waiting for you. So go out there and claim your wealth. You're worth it. Yes, absolutely worth it. Like, honestly, whenever I get to that point where I'm kind of like feeling down and out about stuff that I could be doing, right? So I'll just get real honest. I was talking to a friend of mine over text a few days ago and I was like, you know, this is around the time I should just own a Birkin bag. Like, seriously, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I saving? Like, what, like, seriously, what is, like, what is all this? I should just be out there buying a Birkin bag, you know, just, you know, doing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's it. like, yeah, boy, listen to yourself. I was like, I know I sound like an idiot, don't I? No, but you're human. No, we go through those motions. So don't ever feel like, you're the only person who's like getting down and out. I get down and out all the time, but I have to think about like having that why, knowing what your why is. Honestly, I just look at my kids and I think about the things that I want to accomplish and the things that I told myself I was going to do for them. I'm not going back on my word. Love it. No way. Love it. And so I'm a mom too. And I look at my kids. I have an eight-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. And I, I do the same. I look at them. I'm like, no, these are the, re- that's why, you know, as a mom, that's why you do it. If you don't have kids, that's okay. Look it can you. be whatever else. It can, yeah. It doesn't even have to be something like 
your why doesn't have to be something that is major. It just has to be something that is meaningful for you. Some people, their biggest why in life is the fact that they want to travel to every country in the world. And that is a valid why. If you want to be able to live those experiences, then, you know, you need to be getting yourself out of debt. You need to be putting money into that travel savings account as opposed to buying new dresses at the mall every single weekend. So whatever your why is, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as it's meaningful to you and as long as you know that you want that thing bad enough, then it's yes. valid. And you have to keep it in front of your face, like on top of the tip of your nose so that when you cross your eyes, you see it. <laughs> it's a burning, urgent desire. Every single time. <laughs> want exactly and that's what you work towards and you're gonna continue on your path because that why matters to you this is amazing I love your story <laughs> I'm so glad that you <laughs> I'm so glad that you're sharing it um and you you um you, you talked about writing a book so I wanted you to tell okay. the listeners a little bit about the book and you have to send me the details so I can put it in the show notes I will for sure. Absolutely. Um, so my book, again, I, I just thought, why am I going to hold on to all this information, all this knowledge and all the stuff I did? I need to share it with folks who need it. And I know there are a lot out there who do. So it's called the seven steps to get uh, seven steps to get out of debt and build wealth. And it truly just takes you through the seven steps that I used to get from a negative net worth to seven figures. And I, I put as much as I can in there. And I even do one thing at the end and afterward where I actually do a before and after. So you guys get to see oh, my nice. debts before, you know, like $12,000, $14,000 student loan and then a $0 balance. So I do that so you can see, hey, this is tangible stuff. This woman really went through this and she's giving us hard evidence. I'm a little bit of a lawyer sometimes. And, you, know, <laughs> you have you know, to show proof all the time. <laughs> it's the truth. It's, the truth. it's kind of one of those things, you know, occupational hazard. So, <laughs> But I do that so that I also can motivate people to, so they can see the real deal. And I even had, this is a crazy part. I have a bank statement from the year 2001, December of 2001, that shows a negative 300 and I don't know, $47 wow. balance account. And I'm do and I put that in there because I want to show them I was literally overdrawn. I was dipping into an overdraw draft protection to survive. And mm -hmm. no one should do that. So yeah, I'm excited. So it's basically the seven steps that I show you. And uh, and then I, I created this thing. This is what helped me get out of debt, my two-part strategy. I call it my the first part, it's basically based on the snowball method. It's a supercharged debt repayment plan. And then uh, the second part is a supercharged wealth accumulation plan. But I just show you what that means and get into the nitty gritty details and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, look out for the book. It's coming out soon. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, you'll give me the link and I'll put it in the show notes so that whoever's listening to this in the future and even now they can go sign up for the wait list. Awesome. awesome. So Adela, what is your Clever Girl superpower? Ooh. Oh, can I, can I have two? I want two. Yes, you can have okay. two. <laughs> hey, my first superpower is I'm a super saver. I didn't realize I had it in me when I was digging myself into debt, but I actually, I, I'm really good at saving money and I'm really good at, like, I can go and buy, this is going to sound silly, but I can buy toilet paper that retails for like a hundred bucks and they get it for like 30 bucks. Like wow, so you're good at couponing, right? And it's it's a little bit of couponing. It's also strategic placement. So, for example, a company will have a sale and I'll be like, wait a minute, this is a lost leader. So I'll call them up in advance and say, how many do you have? I don't even have to always have coupons per se. I just have to be at the right place at the right time. And I call them up and they tell me what they have. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I'm there. So I go there and I load up. So I load up on 
toothpaste, toilet paper, um, you know, detergent, and all the good stuff that are non-perishables. And I load up for six months and I get it for dirt cheap. Sometimes with coupons, sometimes just being at the right place at the right time. So that's my first superpower, super saver. Um, my second superpower is I'm really good at investing. And I didn't realize it until, well, years ago when I got someone else to manage my money and they lost me money. And I thought, uh-uh, I can do this myself. Took my money and I started investing our money. And I really, I know how to invest. So I, I'm a good investor. So that's my superpower. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not a good investor, you can learn how to invest. Oh, yes, you can. So Dale, how did you learn how to invest? Well, I was fortunate enough when I was 17. Yeah, I was 17 years old and I got a job at one of the major banks in my country. And so I got to kind of see what it meant to, to, to invest. And you don't learn how to invest by working as a tracing officer or um, uh, any officer in the bank, but you learn the, the tricks of other people. So you'd have people come to the branch, you would chat with them and you'd realize some of these people are really smart. You pick their brains, you start talking to them, and then you start learning about different businesses. And then for me, I just started pouring myself into books. I absolutely have a crush on Warren Buffett. Huge crush on him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've learned all about his investment style. And I also love his his mentor was Benjamin Graham. So I'm now pouring myself into a book called The Intelligent Investor. And it really is, an, uh, even though he wrote this book like way back when Benjamin Graham. That's an excellent book. That is an excellent book. Isn't it? It is so on. I'm going to link it in the show notes for the ladies who are listening. You have to check out that book. And I have to say, get the revised edition that has Jason Zwig's commentary because he gives it uh, to, he gives it a new wave feel. Like he gets into a little bit more commentary, which I think is important for someone who is just starting to invest because there's lots of stuff and information in here. So yeah, get the revised edition. Awesome. You know, talking about, you know, just on the Warren Buffett note, one of the things in my bucket list was that. Oh, go to his annual shareholders meeting. Was to see him and speak in person. Yeah. So it was one way or the other. And I got to hear him speak a couple months ago at a conference um, for a business incubator I was in. And when he came out on the stage, I think there was like 3,000 people in the room. The entire room went completely silent. Like no other speaker got that treatment. Like you could hear a pin drop because every word that came out of his mouth, people were soaking it in and absorbing it. Nobody wanted to miss a beat. And he gave so much valuable information, so many gems, like stuff that he talks about, stuff that he's been profiled about in his books and interviews and things like that. But he's just a very, you know, patient, smart person. Like he's not in a hurry. He doesn't think anybody should be in a hurry. And he's all about making smart decisions and cautious cautious decisions around your finances and being in that process of building wealth for the long haul. And he's, he's just an incredible person. So there's a book I also really like. It's called Warren Buffett, Invest Like a Girl. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I think it's titled because statistics show that women are better investors than men. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. It's just the truth. We are better investors. You're just showing that. I second that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna link it um, in the show notes, and that was a book that was recommended to me by a, a previous guest on the podcast. So I'll link put all those links in there. This has been awesome, Adela, and I appreciate you coming here to share your story. Incredible, and congratulations! Thank you, and thank you for having me. I, I'm <laughs> 
I am so I was thrilled when you said accepted you know my email I'm like oh yay I can share my story I can help someone because I I don't know if I can I'm relaying this but I am on a mission and I know your mission you have been helping so many women and so many people out there get out of debt, build wealth. And I thought, if I can share my story and reach out even just to one person, then mission accomplished. So thank you for letting me do that. I'm so glad you reached out. And if you're listening to this, you know, Adela just sent me an email and she was like, hey, I have this story I'd love to share with your audience. So if you have an incredible saving story or you're in the process of having an incredible saving story or debt payoff story, send me an email and we'll take a look at it. And Hopefully we can get you on the podcast to share your story with everyone who's listening to this. So thank you. And I'd love for you to share before you leave how folks can keep in touch with you. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, uh, my main stomping ground is Instagram. So I, I'm at, at Adiala Omale B. Spelled, I, you'll probably put that in there. So I should. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to. I will. <laughs> awesome. And then um, on Facebook, I just started my Facebook page, guys. So forgive me, but it's just Adiala Omali fan. And I also have my website, which is www.adialaomali.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put all these in the show notes. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Oh, and, I, and I just want to say thank you again. And um, just thanks for having me. Had fun. How incredible was listening to Adela's story. I hope she inspired you and motivated you to go out and take action on your finances. And I do hope that you enjoyed listening to this. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can also listen to episodes on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel and subscribe there too. And also tell your friends about it and be sure to leave a review on iTunes so other people can find this podcast too. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll be back with a brand new episode soon.